Welcome to Feed the Feminine, a podcast dedicated to reviving archetypal feminine qualities in a masculine-dominated culture. I'm your host, Vanessa Sedaducato, a psychotherapist and writer empowering clients and readers to nourish their feminine while also repairing what's been damaged in its long-standing cultural repression. Join me each episode as we talk about the archetypes present and how we eat, express, and relate, and what we can do to find meaning and reach balance. This episode is a special one, dedicated to the legendary sports broadcaster and college radio mentor, Ed Ingalls, who passed away this week, but will live on forever in those he inspired. I'll share some personal stories about the role Ed played in my own healing and pay tribute to his wisdom, energy, and positivity, which moved so many. Before we dive in, a quick disclaimer. The information provided here is intended to convey general information only and is not intended to replace or infer a proper psychological diagnosis. No therapist-client relationship is implied or actualized through any contact with this podcast, website, or its creators unless formally agreed upon in a proper clinical setting. And now, without further ado, here's this episode of the Feed the Feminine podcast. Last week, my friend Clifford released an episode of his podcast called Live, Lift, Love, on which I was a guest. And we spoke for a minute in that episode about my experience working at my college radio station in New York. And you can find the link to that episode in the description of this episode if you want to check that out. But for me, reflecting on that time in my life... And even revisiting my old University of Bridgeport days, that was the college I went to for a year before heading to Hofstra, it brought up some really fond memories of the past for me. And I started to take stock of all of the people that I feel really lucky to have met in my life and the mentors at various stages of my growth that I stumbled upon when it seemed like they were needed most. And in terms of the work that I do now with The Hungry Feminine, and even this podcast in particular, I would say there are three people that I can say with confidence without which this podcast would never have even been close to being a consideration for something that I would do. One of those people was uh, a guy named Mr. Barrett. He was my high school creative writing teacher who I spent much of the morning of September 11th with as we processed and tried to understand the circumstances that had just unfolded on our home turf. And he encouraged me to write through my feelings in the months that followed. And so it was then at 15, purging my confusion and my anger and my grief on the page that I became a writer. Another one of those influences was Marion Woodman, a woman that I never met, but felt infinitely closer to having attended Pacifica Graduate Institute for Psychology. And it was there on my path to getting to know myself more deeply that I found her work and developed the knowledge and understanding and psychological awareness that brought me to share these thoughts on the Hungry Feminine at all. And then there's Ed Ingalls, who this episode is dedicated to. And um, it's interesting because I'm supposed to be (laughs) spending this weekend studying for my upcoming MFT clinical exam. But with Ed's passing this week, I just had to pause to honor him and pay my respects. Ed literally and figuratively 
helped me find my voice, without which I never would have considered doing a podcast and using my voice for something, you know, beyond my little world of mumbling to myself throughout the day. (laughs) And so here's to you, Ed. I met Ed Ingalls at Hofstra University, which was where I completed my undergraduate in New York. I was a business major at the time, but I was essentially an honorary communication student, given all of the time that I spent at WRHU, 88.7 FM, Radio Hofstra University. (laughs) Um, Wow, I kind of got chills even just saying that the way that I said it, because I haven't done that in a very, very long time. (laughs) Um, When I originally applied for the radio station's training class, I think that was back in 2005, Wow. Uh, I had no intention whatsoever of going on air. I was working toward a career in the music industry, on the business side, and being able to produce a show seemed like a really great and fun experience to have. But my voice was never meant to be on the microphone. I just wanted to stay behind the scenes as I often did in my life in those days. And I didn't know it then, but looking back, it was a classic behavior of mine to find a way to be seen and not heard, to avoid taking up space, to not infiltrate the world or even just the local airwaves with my voice, which felt like such a nuisance to me at the time. My voice was representative of all of the thoughts and ideas and feelings and beliefs that I didn't love or trust about myself. And... With writing having been my most effective way of communicating at that time, I aired all of myself on the paper, but never in real time and never with my voice. Ed was from the Bronx, BXL day, you know the vibes. And this to me always rang out in his personality because he was patient and he was caring and he was supportive, but he was also direct and he was not somebody that you wanted to get a phone call from while you were live on air doing the morning show because it meant that you did something wrong. (laughs) And he wasn't going to yell at you, but he was going to let you know that something needed to be fixed. So when I met him, he was the professional in residence for WRHU. He was a mentor for the student broadcasters who could really benefit from Ed's long and seasoned career in sports and news which was crazy. He was a former New York sports director, morning show sports anchor, a New York Jets pregame reporter for WCBS, where he worked for almost 25 years. He was also an analyst for the NFL, for NCAA games. He covered golf, tennis, auto racing, several Olympics. He knew Malcolm X. He knew Muhammad Ali. He knew some of the biggest baseball players of that time. And it was no surprise that his work earned him a spot as a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He traveled the world. He went to various championship games, some of the biggest sports events in history, spending a career calling play-by-play and color commentary on the games that he loved. He was so passionate about what he did. And then he spent his retirement with us at WRHU, mentoring college radio kids to hone their craft and make a career out of what we loved to do. And he was with Hofstra for over 25 years, and he always talked about how much he loved working with younger people. I wanted to teach people how to be broadcasters, how to get internships, how to get jobs, and about life if I could. And for an older person, the great aspect is they keep you young. You don't hang around with old people talking about all your diseases. You don't hang out with young people who make you laugh and have fun. 
this is my, uh, no, my, my therapy to come here and work here. I love it. That was a clip from a 2016 interview with Ed that you can find on YouTube by former WRG member Christopher Buckley. Ed embodied so much positive energy and gratitude for the life that he seemed to feel really privileged to live. Last year, he spoke to WCBS 880 program director Tom Scheld, and he said, quote, I didn't have a job. I had an adventure. And the reason for that was when I got up at two o'clock in the morning, I was happy to get to work, end quote. Ed worked really hard to guide WRHU students to their own version of an adventure to live by. He fostered opportunities for us to find our passion, to chase our dreams, and inspired us to not let anybody else's limitations or judgments get in the way of that. Here's another clip from that 2016 interview with Ed from former WRHU student Christopher Buckley. When you have the ability to love something and the passion for it, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes you get up in the morning at 3.30 in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to something exciting. My juices would move when I got up in the morning after sleeping for four or five hours watching games. And, and I'd say to myself, I got some good stories. I love to be a storyteller. That's what I loved about being a sportscaster. If I had a good story. And that ability to inspire and teach through storytelling is a common notion shared by those who knew Ed. We love that about him, whether he was giving the news or teaching us a lesson. He added so much humanity to it. He taught us everything through storytelling, bringing us into his world to see things through his eyes. He basically loaned out his experiences to us so that we could feel what he wanted us to learn, not just hear it. Ed was a leader of WRHU's sports and news departments, but even me as a music kid, who only eventually dabbled in news on air, thanks to his guidance. Um, I have a million memories, not only of the beautiful ways Ed spoke to inspire, but the way that he made people feel. He had this talent of seeing the best in people, even before they could see it in themselves. And he used that to influence the lives and careers of so many people. And since his passing on March 6th, there have been so many tributes that have flooded social media, proving the impact that he had. And uh, I can only tell my story, but there are thousands more like this. So I remember my first semester at Hofstra, nearing the end of the WRHU training class and gearing up to be cleared to announce on air. So that was one of the tests before becoming a solidified station member. You had to be announcing cleared and engineering cleared, which basically meant that I could operate the board and speak well enough on air to maintain the integrity of the station and also not break any FCC violations or anything like that because our fearless leader, general manager Bruce Avery, he likes to sleep nights. And so he doesn't want uh, people on air that he's going to be worried or going to create an issue. <laughs> and so um, I remember being in studio with Ed where he actually spent some extra time with me because I was very blocked when I was trying to become announced and cleared. Remember, again, I had no intention of going on air. That wasn't something that I really wanted to do. And so it was really nerve wracking. And I remember just being really, really nervous in studio with Ed Ingalls, this Hall of Fame legendary sports broadcaster who was like the best at what he did. And I'm sitting in studio with him thinking like, oh my God, I, I don't even, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to own any part of this. 
And so he spent some extra time with me to, to try to move through that block. I remember I spoke really fast because I just wanted it to be over with. <laughs> um, and I had this quiver in my voice because speaking into a microphone was the most vulnerable thing that I could have ever imagined. And hearing myself, forcing other people to hear me, it felt so uncomfortable. It felt so wrong. And um, it was a reflection of the lack of confidence that I had in myself in all areas, not just in that area. But if you think about how powerful our voices are, it's, it's representative not just of literally speaking, but of expressing ourselves, of owning ourselves, of feeling confident to participate in conversation and, and connection and community. And for me, I was really blocked in that, in that way. But Ed took his time with me. And he helped me through the jitters. He coached me on how to use my voice effectively. And he helped me see that there was value to what I could bring to the microphone and that I had the right to own it. Ed never gave me permission to take up space with my voice because he knew that I didn't need permission. Instead, he gave me the tools to own my words. He gave me the encouragement to keep getting better, but never because I wasn't good enough. He gave me the support to believe in myself when I couldn't do that. And I think, <laughs> I think Ed was secretly sad that I was a business major who loved radio but never meant to make a career out of it. But whenever I saw him, he always told me that, even if it wasn't in radio, that his wish for me was that I found a way to use my voice. His confidence in me is what brought me to this place. Hosting my own podcast? Speaking on others' podcasts, giving trainings and lectures, this from the person who just always wanted to stay behind the scenes and never be heard. It's amazing. <laughs> and I credit him with so much of it. Last year, I, I flew back to New York for WRHU's 60th anniversary. The station, and uh, again, it's fearless leader Bruce Avery, held a, a special event to honor Ed as um, he embarked upon his official retirement from a lifetime of really honorable work. And when the audience was prompted to share stories of Ed, I found myself at the podium, standing in front of generations of radio alum, including some of my most favorite people that I had the honor of sharing the airwaves with. And again, in that moment, hearing my voice through a microphone while Ed sat on the stage behind me, I was reminded of the fact that he inspired me to do it. I was never the person who would volunteer to speak into a microphone, but Ed nurtured me there. And getting to say thank you one last time is something that I'll be forever grateful for. Throughout my time at WRHU, Ed was the purveyor of positivity, of encouraging others to live life as much as he did. And uh, I send my love to his wife, Margaret, and his daughter, Diana, and everybody at WRHU, Bruce, John, Fran, everybody who loved him dearly and will really feel his absence. There are a few people who can unite us the way Ed can. And that speaks volumes about the man that he was. He's made an impact on so many people and his message, his spirit, it will never die. As they say, legends are forever. And uh, Ed was nothing if not a legend. So thank you, Ed, for the gifts, for the lessons, the stories, and the freedom that you helped me find. Rest well, sir. If you're interested in learning more about WRHU, if you happen to be a college student or no one who's interested in 
sports broadcasting or doing any on-air work in music and news, check out WRHU.org and feel free to ask me any questions. I'm a huge supporter of WRHU and the work that goes on over there because it really is a very unique opportunity that college kids don't often get to have. And even with Ed being gone, he mentored so many people who have taken leadership roles in that station. And so his spirit and his wisdom will permeate in those walls forever. So uh, so if you're interested in broadcasting, I highly recommend checking out Ofstra and WRHU. Otherwise, thank you for listening. You can follow along with my work here at thehungryfeminine.com on Instagram or Facebook at The Hungry Feminine. You can subscribe for updates on new podcast episodes and also subscribe to my mailing list at thehungryfeminine.com. And uh, that's it for this special unexpected episode of the Feed the Feminine podcast dedicated to the one and only Ed Ingalls. Thank you for being here and I will talk to you soon.